MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. It's Thursday morning. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Gil, uh, I hope Gil's listening wherever he may be. A well-earned break for our guy, Gilly. But we have a good show lined up for you today. Our guy, Will Hill, not only will be with us at, at, at 10.30 Eastern Time, will actually be joining us next segment, 10.15. So we'll have a pair of segments with our guy, Will Hill. John Jansen, who hosts the line change on Fox Sports The Gambler in Philadelphia. We'll get his thoughts. We got the Brooklyn perspective of the Harden-Simmons trade. Now a week after the trade deadline, we're starting to get a better feel. The NBA is heading into its all-star break as well. So we'll get some thoughts with John Jansen on that. And then our guy, Adam Burke, who, of course, uh, you see now in uh, Point Spread Weekly, great content on vcin.com as well, and also in charge of uh, putting together our great newsletter as well with us at 1130 today. He has some college basketball thoughts for tonight's slate. So a, a, a good amount to get to today, but let's just dive right in and – I hate to make this a little more regionalized out of the shoot, but the New York Knicks did something last night for the second time this week where the New York Knicks at home against the Brooklyn Nets. By the way, uh, Matt Neverett in my chair today. Matt, I had to, I had a plus 170 money line on Brooklyn pregame, which we're going to put in the Hall of Fame of – Lucky to get their victories last night. Brooklyn was down 28 in the first half. They were down 20 at the end of one, down 28 in the second quarter. Got it back to nine in the third quarter, but the Knicks pushed it back to double digits. And my thought was, all right, I, I, this ticket is dead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this off. We'll put something else on. The Nets behind 16 fourth quarter points from Cam Thomas their first-round pick out of LSU, come from 28 back and beat the Knicks 111-106. Nets get the money, cover to four and a half, plus 160 behind us here at the South Point, plus 170. Uh, I got it at Superbook. It was the peak of the market. But the Knicks now, here's the Knicks last week. (laughs) The Knicks past week. It started last Saturday in Portland where the Knicks had as big of a lead of a, as 23, including 
a 15-point lead going to the fourth quarter against the Blazers, who were essentially playing a G League roster where it was Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, and Nurkic were really their three main NBA-type guys. Ben McElmore came off the bench in that game as well and had a good game. And then the Knicks earlier this week, at home against Oklahoma City. Now, this was not a big-blown lead in this game. Their biggest lead was 11. But Oklahoma City is terrible. And they blew a double-digit second-half lead against them. Now, we're going to tie this into the gambling portion of this because I'm sure you're listening like, come on, I, if I wanted to do this, I'd just listen to uh, listen to WFAN and about people complaining about the Knicks. And uh, let's say, yeah, you're probably right. But here's the thing gambling-wise. And you have to keep this in mind. And I'm going to ask Will Hill about this in the next segment because I don't know, know about you out there listening or Matt Never did in my chair today. This feels like this is more, especially recently, where you see teams in the NBA, and this has always been a thing where no lead is safe. An 18-point lead could get chopped down to two before you know it. But it does feel like more teams are blowing astronomically high leads and outright losing the game. The Knicks twice in in less than a week, blowing 23- and 28-point leads. Of course, the Wizards with their historic blown lead two weeks ago against the Clippers up by 34 in that game. And the Clippers came back and won that game on, again, a four-point play where the Clippers were, by the way, down seven with under 40 seconds to go in that game as well, which almost is more, almost as improbable as the 34-point comeback in that. But I think NBA-wise, you're really going to have to start monitoring these big numbers because the theme early in the year was just bad teams getting annihilated and not being able to come back in games. We saw a stretch there and even up until this weekend, really a stretch where the favorites have just been dominating in the NBA. There were multiple days last week where favorites, even though there were five, six, seven games, favorites were undefeated outright and only losing one time at most three days running at a point last week. But the in-game, again, in-game wagering for me, I don't love doing pre-flop NBA. It was just a, a rare, oh, I'll just take a number. The Knicks the Knicks stink, and, and it's a scenario where the Knicks are coming off that horrible loss against OKC with that horrible loss against Portland after a shocking win at Golden State right before that. Maybe one loss turns into two, and really two losses turn into three in the end for the Knicks, who, by the way, somehow Tom Thibodeau is still the coach this morning, kind of expected to wake up to the news that he was going to get canned, but really there are plenty of ways to bet this league. You really got to, for me, and I'm going to start doing this moving forward again, just start taking big numbers when the game is a blood. Now you could end up in a scenario where your team just stops trying and all of a sudden you're getting 21 and a half and your team is ends up losing by 40, a.k.a. look what happened with the Sixers two nights ago against Boston, losing by uh, 48 points. Pretty pretty good. 40, 48 uh, in that one against the, uh, the Celtics, who, by the way, flipped around after beating Philly by almost 50 and flipped around and uh, lost to the Detroit Pistons at home last night. High-quality loss there, by the way. High-quality loss there for the, uh, for, the, for the Celtics at home 
against Detroit. And it's not even like their guys didn't play. Tatum and Brown played their normal minutes last night. Maybe the Marcus Smart injury is going to play a bigger role. But I'm going to, I, I am really looking to change my strategy because early in the year, because of the way that there were just teams just get down 15. All right. See you later. That's tonight. We're not going to try the rest of the game. You're starting to see teams like the old school NBA the last few years let up when the lead gets big. And the Knicks are point A. You can take advantage of them right now. And and look, there are other teams that, uh, that, that you'll be able to take advantage of, but I think that's the one, at least for the time being, until they figure it out, which, let's face it, we're 59 games into the season. Which, by the way, why why is the All-Star game when teams have already played 60 games? Like, we, we think it's excessive when baseball plays their All-Star game when it's 90, 95 games in. These teams have played 60 games and we're just getting to the All-Star break. It's ridiculous. But in the end here, the, 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 <laughs> the Knicks blowing multiple 20-point leads in one week. Really just spectacular work all the way around. And really just surprising that Tom Thibodeau Still has his job uh, for for the Knicks. Also, too, uh, every win is important for Brooklyn right now. With just the way that the, the standings break out, their two games they were able to actually pick up a game on Boston yesterday. As I said, Celtics somehow managed to lose to Detroit at home to snap their long winning streak. The Nets get a win that they weren't supposed to after snapping their long losing streak two nights ago against Sacramento at Barclays. But every win for Brooklyn is important to avoid that play-in scenario, at least until the, the, the vaccine mandate either gets lifted or changed in, in, in New York City, where Eric Adams had some very interesting, the mayor, the new mayor of New York, uh, had some very interesting comments about it yesterday, uh, prompted from Adam Silver really going after the mandate yesterday on ESPN's Get Up of saying that it doesn't make, the mandate doesn't make sense that it's only for players that are in market and the out of market unvaccinated are allowed to play. Nets right now, game and a half behind Toronto for the seven. They're two games behind Boston for the six. Again, one through six gets the buy into the, the playoffs. Seven through 10 have to play in to the tournament. By the way, I, I do like that new format. I have no problem with that new format. I liked it last year. We got at least on the Western conference side last year, you had a great game with the Lakers and the the Warriors, and then you had a classic with Memphis and, and the Warriors as well. Be fascinating to see what ends up happening. By the way, the uh, in, in, actually maybe even more stunning than the Knicks collapse collapse last night, the LA Lakers actually won a game last night, uh, beating uh, the Utah Jazz at home, uh, 106-101, a nice win for the Lakers. Which really, at this point, let's face it, any win for the Lakers is a good win at this point. That's how bad it has gotten for for L.A. By the way, uh, futures odds right now, we can pop those on the screen real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll be looking at this later on. There's your Laker final, plus 135. Uh, Moneyline underdogs get there outright in a 106-101 win. The Suns and the Warriors still leading the board, plus 450 apiece. The Nets and the Bucks are plus 550. Uh, excuse me. The Sixers down to seven to one. The Celtics actually have moved down to twenty-five to one from forty to one now after their long winning streak. Don't bet if you're thinking of betting the Celtics. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Matt Everett. Five thirty-eight Elo ratings. 
had the Boston Celtics as the favorites to win the championship going into yesterday's action, which is just preposterous that that was the case. I, I, you're at a loss. You're at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words when I saw that. I saw that when I was. I saw those rankings about an hour after the show ended yesterday. It's flabbergasting. Flabbergasting that that's the case. Uh, but they're still as of this morning. The Celtics are the favorite to win the title, according to 5:38. I would not. Uh, I would not agree with those numbers. To put it politely, Celtics probably properly priced at 25 to one, but. They go on a losing streak. You're going to see those 40 to ones yet again. Will Hill, he hosts the New York City cast. He also is a contributor across the network here for VSIN. We'll get his thoughts. NBA, college hoops, maybe even a little baseball. Apparently, there's a meeting between the MLBPA and the owners today. We'll discuss it all with Will Hill next. Numbers game, VSIN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app. It is BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting and boosted odds specials and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 and older and physically located in Nevada. 
Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. And now with us, it's our guy, Will Hill, who, of course, hosts the New York City cast. You'll see him on the Lombardi line as well through the week and across the network. You, were, you had a follow-the-money appearance yesterday, Will Hill. You're, you're truly everywhere now. I was all over the place. I was on with Stormy later, and, man, it was a, a wild day in the NBA. You know, I actually, in my younger days, I would have done something stupid like parlay all these underdogs on the money line and won a bunch of money. So I'm kind of kicking myself because you look at it, uh, Boston, 13-point favorite, whatever it was, they lost. The Grizzlies, 12, 13-point favorite, they lost. Then the, uh, you know, the Nuggets, the Nets, the Lakers, just a bunch of crazy results last night in the NBA. And I think, you know, the last couple of days before the All-Star break, you see this where some of the players kind of check out and you get some, uh, some really strange results and some upsets well and two will i'm happy you brought that up because before this week it really it kind of started with the knicks yeah. collapse in uh, in portland favorites had just been on a, on a run where they're covering over 75 percent for about a five-day period and now you're right you get the all the all-star game is on sunday all-star weekend starts on friday you can get some weird results and there's five games today that we'll get to uh through the segment but that's at least something to look at at least for tonight's action yeah, remember same thing happened in the NFL, like, you know, five, six weeks into the season, everyone's still in their survivor. People talking about splitting the pot. Nobody's going to get eliminated. Then I think it was the Jets beating the Bengals kind of started the mm-hmm. madness where every week it seemed like a nine, 10 point favorite was winning. So yeah, sometimes when it looks too easy, when it looks too good to be true, it ends up being that way. And yeah, we got some, uh, some wild results last night. Absolutely. Halloween at the Meadowlands, hundred yeah. percent, right? Mike white throws for over 400 yards. And that was, you're right. That was the carnage that started survivor pools and, Circus Survivor ended up with five, part of the reason of all that chaos. Uh, Will, I do want to ask you, though, since you host the New York City cast, the the collapse by the Knicks last night, Ooh. only five days after a, a, almost a worse collapse in Portland, blowing a 28-point lead last night at the Garden to the Nets, who did not have KD, who did not have Ben Simmons, who did not have Kyrie Irving. Derek Coleman was out. Yeah, no, uh, no Kenny Anderson either. I mean, just uh, look, uh, just if you're the Knicks, I mean, first off, Tibbs probably has to go sooner rather than later. But after last year's really just fun year, even though it didn't end on the best note, this is still the same old Knicks. Last year was just a fluke. It is. It works out well for me for the city cast because I can just cross out the names of the teams and just, you know, keep the same monologue where it's the worst loss of the season because it <laughs> seems like every night they have the worst loss of the season. I mean, they were up big. It was a big college uh, college basketball Saturday. So maybe people weren't watching the Knicks and Blazers. I don't blame you if you weren't, but the Knicks were killing the Blazers. The Blazers end the game on like a 53 to 19 run and mm-hmm. run the Knicks out of the gym. Then the Knicks favored by 10 lose to the thunder blow a big lead in that game, uh, which was just like the, the thunder are tanking games in there and they come back and win. So again, the Knicks have had a, like five or six of the worst losses of the season. And I saw a stat. There've been 12, 20 plus leads blown this year. And the Knicks have three of them all in the last 12 days. So it's been bad. <laughs> I, I think when you look back at last year, it was such uh, just a confluence of events. It was coming off the bubble. A lot of teams were resting their superstars. A lot of guys were hurt. A lot of you know teams were off of the bubble, so they were you know just had a, a short off season or basically no off season. The Knicks were not in the bubble. The Knicks didn't have any superstars to rest, so you could have won a lot of games last year just off of effort, just off of playing hard. Julius Randle had really kind of an outlier season. I compared it to the Brady Anderson 50 home run year where it just kind of out of nowhere. And I think we're seeing, you know, some regression this year. I don't know that Thibodeau, you know, is on the hot seat this year. I think last year definitely bought him another year, maybe two. 
But again, uh, they're nowhere near to, you know, a title team. Forget a title team, a second round team, a conference finals team in the East. That's really good. They're just they're, they're nowhere near close. Maybe it's the best thing for them to, you know, be in the lottery. And hopefully, you know, you get the Duke kid or, or Holmgren from Gonzaga and get some lottery balls this year. Will, how do you handle Brooklyn, at least at the current moment, while they're trying to get Simmons up to game action? Kyrie, of course, still not allowed to play in home games and KD hurt. Yeah, they just had to trade punches. I think it was big for them to beat the Kings and beat the Knicks because they had lost 11 in a row. Mm-hmm. And I was going through the schedule. You know, they got the Raptors, the Heat. It was possible that they would have had a 17-game losing streak. And again, you're getting Durant back. That'll cure a lot of uh, a lot of ills. But you don't want to be in a situation where you're a 9 or a 10 seed and you're playing your way through two playing games in, in that scenario. But I do think they are probably still going to be a playing team, even when Durant comes back, even when Simmons comes back. Uh, they're not going to play those guys every night. You know, you're not going to play Durant 40 minutes. You're not going to play him back to back. So they're going to rest. They're going to load manage. And again, not having Kyrie for not just the home games, but the games in Toronto, the games in the garden. Uh, that's a big factor in all this, you know, w- with no Harden in the picture anymore, Durant come back from an injury. You're going to need more than you're getting from Kyrie. And, you know, I, the last thing I ever want to talk about is vaccine mandates. But in terms of winning the title, I don't know that you can win the title uh, if Kyrie can't play in home games. It's just that simple. No, I, I do agree with you on that, Will, and and that kind of leads me into my next question because the Eastern Conference now, uh, you see Milwaukee at the top of the board uh, um, with Brooklyn. Uh, Philadelphia, of course, moved way up because of the deal for uh, Harden. The Heat somehow flying under the radar, uh, yeah. a half game behind Chicago, who DeMar DeRozan has on an absurd streak right now, an historic streak to keep the Bulls at the top of the conference. But Will, just who do you trust the most moving forward in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, usually the answer, the easy answer is the simple one. And to me, it would still be Milwaukee. They got, look, I just called Durant the best player. So you can't call Giannis the best player as well. But they're, you know, co-best players, I would say. One, one A, that kind of thing. Uh, Jokic is probably in the mix too. But you have Giannis. You have a team that they got the monkey off their back last year winning the title. Um, I think there's a little bit of a championship hangover. They didn't have much of an offseason either. Remember, they won the championship, you know, mid, late July and had to have a quick turnaround and start the season in October. Uh, I still think the Bucs at least would be in the conference finals. So if you're looking at plus 300, you're going to get a team that's probably going to be at least be in the conference finals. And you can either, you know, just let your bet ride or, or play against it. But I do think Milwaukee's probably the team I still do trust the most. Will Hill with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, you can find him on the New York City cast, wherever you get your podcast. I, by the way, definitely listen to that every single day. Will does a tremendous job. Appreciate go, uh, go, uh, go, go download that today. And uh, at not the Will Hill on Twitter, you find his podcast also there. We'll post it every single day. Will, let's uh, let's dive into some NBA action today. And uh, let, let's just start with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who, of course, uh, still uh, still working hard and through that injury that he had in Brooklyn. They're on the road tonight at Milwaukee. Right now, Sixers, a six-and-a-half-point road underdog in this one. Yeah, I think Boston's still scoring against the Sixers from the other night. I basically <laughs> beat them by about 75 points. Uh, that's the reason I'm going to buy the Sixers. Just I, I figure, you know what, effort can be a question, as we talked about these last few days of the All-Star break. I do think you'll get a pretty good effort off that terrible performance Tuesday night from the Sixers. I would think they'll bounce back and at least play hard tonight, which is you know half the battle these last couple of days. So uh, just a buy-low spot here for the Sixers. I do think they'll bounce back and just, you know, good teams off terrible efforts, usually a, a good angle to play. So I'll take the Sixers here plus the six and a half. 
Yeah, the, uh, the I had to triple check that score as it was happening the other day to make sure that I, that it wasn't just one of those errors that was going up on my score app there. Well, uh, let's go uh, one more here before we uh, we hit a break and keep you across. Uh, the Heat are on the road. They're in Charlotte tonight. Uh, Miami currently the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Hornets currently the nine seed, firmly in that playing mix. Heat right now four and a half point road favorites at the Hornets. Yeah, I'll grab the Hornets here again. This last day before the All-Star break, you're going to have a hard time getting me to lay points with any of these teams. Uh, I'm just going to take the Hornets. Heroes out. Butler's questionable. I can't see them pushing the issue if he's you know, 50-50. I would think they'll just hold him out. So some injury concerns for the Heat. Uh, so I'll take the Hornets here who haven't been playing well. Again, they're, they're like you said, they're in the playing spot. But again, this Miami team is beat up. Uh, you're getting a home dog here against you know a Heat team that's not in top form, missing Butler probably, and missing Heroes and missing some other guys. So uh, I'll take the Hornets here plus the four and a half. Will, we can sneak one more in here. The, uh, the Wizards. On the road at the aforementioned Nets, uh, four and a half is the number right now on this one. Yeah, I grabbed the Nets plus the four and a half yesterday. My whole theory is the Knicks shouldn't be laying four and a half, five to anybody. I'll just reverse that and say this for this version of the Nets shouldn't be laying four and a half to pretty much anybody. Uh, again, emotional win last night, second night of a back-to-back, although the Wizards did play last night too. Uh, I just don't think this, this Nets team right now, like you mentioned, no Durant, no Simmons, no Kyrie. For them to be laying four and a half to me is, is you know, not really justified. So uh, I'll take the Wizards here plus the points. Wizards, Hornets, and 76ers, the trio of NBA picks for Will Hill tonight. Will, stick around. We have college basketball to get to. We're less than a month away from the NCAA tournament. We'll get some college basketball thoughts with Will Hill, the host of the New York City cast, next as we roll along a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. has a new great offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through college ba- the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for just 29 American dollars. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. That's vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Take advantage of this great offer. It is the best offer we have all year long. It is a numbers game on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Will Hill sticking around. Of course, the host of the New York City cast and, of course, a contributor, I should say, across the network. Uh, Will, last night... Uh, I, not technically in New York. Let's just go down to Turnpike real quick, because Rutgers Ooh. last night. By the way, a a two and zero night for us on the show yesterday with actually two teams within your jurisdiction. Will St. John's gets it done? They went out right. Rutgers gets it done. They went out right. Four straight wins against ranked teams for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I, I know. Look, I know it's not called the rack anymore. The rack's always a hard place to play, but. This even by their standards is a little bit ridiculous what they've done the last two weeks. 
Yeah, it's still the rack to me. And again, if the NCAA tournament were in Rutgers, I mean, this team would win the national championship. <laughs> it's just it's, it's amazing how much these college uh, environments can affect how a team's play team plays. I mean, they've had some terrible losses. Uh, Rutgers has on the road, but again, you get them at home. That place is jumping and. Uh, yeah, they steamrolled Illinois. I mean, they killed Michigan State. They, they squeaked by Ohio State. This has just been a, a really impressive team, especially at home. And would think they're punching their ticket. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be in the tournament. And you know, they really had a chance. I think it was last year. They had a chance to beat Houston in the second round to go to the Sweet 16. They were up 10 late, and they just gagged that game away. And remember, they had Syracuse in their bracket, and they had Oklahoma and uh, Oregon State. They really could have gotten to a Final Four last year out of nowhere. <laughs> They really let that get away. So uh, fun to see Rutgers. You know, they were went a while without being in the tournament. I think 1990 was the last time they were in before yes. last year. So should be back in and, uh, you know, a fun team. Unfortunately for them, though, that the tournament, there's no games uh, at the rack. Yeah, that is a very unfortunate development for them. Uh, but, no, you're, you're right. That a game against Houston, the, the botched alley-oop that kind of started oh. the meltdown. Uh, if Johnson puts it home, it's a 12-point game, and it's probably lights out instead. Uh, that was a uh, that was a meltdown, to put it very nicely, for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, we'll keep it on college basketball. You do have one college hoops play that we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, last night, uh, Texas Tech steamrolls Baylor in the second half to come from uh, seven down to win by the win by ten. Uh, Purdue struggles, doesn't cover closing numbers against Northwestern. Uh, but Will, what has stood out the most to you, college hoops wise, uh, and who are teams that you are looking at? Uh, again, we're a month away from the round of 64 beginning teams that you'd be looking at futures wise now. Yeah, I think there's a good balance, a good seven, eight teams. Where I wouldn't be surprised if any, you know, maybe you can even extend that list to 10 or 12, or usually that list is smaller where it's three or four teams that could win it all. Uh, you know, I think, you know, one other game you didn't mention last night. I don't know if you saw Seton Hall, UConn. Yes. Seton Hall hit a prayer three down eight, the line's five and a half and then five, down five with five seconds left, you know, 99.9 .9 teams, uh, percent of teams foul in that situation. They just let the clock bleed. Uh, Seton <laughs> Hall covers just a brutal beat for Yikes. UConn. But, uh, uh, I think I like Kentucky. I do think, you know, it's amazing. Calipari with all these pros, it seems like he's always in the elite eight. He's only won one title there. I think, you know what, he's got a, a more of a balanced team this year. Uh, I could see Kentucky winning it this year. And again, there's, you know, eight, 10 teams that are really kind of even. So it should make for a, a really fun NCAA tournament. Kentucky right now, the second favorite at Ben MGM and eight to one, they did get hammered by Tennessee the other day. The only thing with that, uh, that you need to know. Ty Ty Washington, their point guard, and really the the straw that stirs the drink for the Cats, only played 13 minutes because of an injury he suffered over the weekend against uh, the Gators. Uh, something to monitor there. I'm with you, Will. When Kentucky is healthy, they, to me, are the best team. Uh, it really just does come down to the health of Ty Ty Washington. Uh, you brought up the UConn Seton Hall game. I want to ask you about the Huskies uh, real quick because – there's always one team, and especially in a wide-open field like it feels like this year, one team that makes a, a surprising run. The Huskies can be had as high as 80-1 to 1 to win the title. Of course, they had the magical run in 2014. But this feels like a team where if the idiot factor that they have had uh, a few times this year doesn't show up, they're just as talented as anyone will. 
they are really good. And you're leaving out really maybe even the better run, which was 2011, where yeah, they that won was great six, too. <laughs> six Big East tournament games. They were kind of you know somewhat on the bubble. They win the whole Big East tournament, and then they win the uh, the NCAA tournament. Won 12 in a row. Really, just kind of out of nowhere. That was the uh, yeah, that was the Kemba Walker team. That was so they've had a couple of these. Uh, again, 80 to one. You, you might have to you know break out the napkin and the pen and just kind of do the math. You might be better off playing them game by game mm-hmm. once they get into the NCAA tournament. But just philosophically, I'm with you. I think you know what they're dangerous. They're well coached. They don't have that great, great, you know, top three, top five pick type of player, which, you know, in the heyday of UConn, they used to have, you know, NBA guys coming off the bench. Basically, they don't have that, but they're well coached. And I I agree with you. They're very dangerous. 2011 Big East title game at the Garden. UConn Louisville changed the course, changed the course of the whole NCAA tournament. UConn wins that game. They go on, win the title. Louisville loses that game. They lose to Kenneth Farid and Moorhead State. In that yeah, first Peyton round, Siva, the old Peyton Siva days. And that was the, they, you know, they played a crazy Syracuse game in overtime. Mm-hmm. They really, I think they played six nights in a row because that was the expanded big East where they had to play from Tuesday uh, all the way to Saturday. Yeah. That was a, uh, a hell of a run. That was the, uh, that tur- that big East tournament also had the infamous Kemba Walker destroys yeah. Gary McGee's soul as well. Yeah. If you know what we're talking about there, Will Hill with us right now, of course, the host of the New York city cast and you see him across the network is working point spread weekly as well. Will you do have one college hoops play tonight and it's with a team that is coming off. Let's just, let's just tell it how it is. That loss that the Oregon ducks took over the weekend at home to Cal is as bad of a loss that a power five team has taken in conference all year. They're on the road tonight in Tempe to take on the Sun Devils. Uh, this line looks to be up to five consensus now on the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to lay it with Oregon. Like you said, coming off a bad lo- bed loss, but that's a, a really well-coached team. Uh, and again, they played Oregon, uh, Arizona State, you know, a month or so ago, and they really let that game get away too. That game was in Oregon. They shot 422 from three, uh, lost the game in overtime. And uh, I just think Arizona State really struggles shooting the ball. I mean, they are like 320th in terms of two-point field goal percentage. I think they're 350th in terms of three-point percentage. And Oregon's just going to play zone, make them shoot. I do think Oregon bounces back. Uh, again, a well-coached team, a revenge factor. I think they make some adjustments and win this game tonight in Arizona State. And we've seen the line kind of move that way. I think this opened three and a half, four, and now it's all the way up to five. Yeah, open, open, look like four. Like you said, some three and a half, and not surprising to see this move. And again, Arizona State, like you said, they are really, really a bad basketball team. Uh, even though they've uh, won that triple overtime game against UCLA uh, two weeks ago, uh, that Adam Burke and I uh, had a lot of fun with on Bet Center. On that Saturday night, Will, uh, we, have, we have a few minutes before we let you go. Uh, it seems that the players' union and the owners in Major League Baseball are are, are actually having a meeting today. Uh, look, I have not looked at anything baseball-wise because I need to. We still have half the offseason really to get no. through with the amount of players. Have you done any handicapping on baseball futures betting, uh, or, or are you just waiting out until there's a deal that actually comes about here? Uh, once the Scherzer to the Mets rumors were starting to unfold, I just grabbed some Mets 20 to one to win it all. Um, other than that, I've just kind of, you know, monitored the odds, but other than that, like you said, there's like 200 free agents and you almost, there's a psychological thing where you don't want to get your hopes up by looking at these odds, getting all excited for these bets. And then you're not going to have a season or you have a season that doesn't start till June, but probably a good point. Probably need to do a little more work just in case, Hey, they can have an agreement at any moment. And it doesn't sound like that's the case, but 
you don't want to kind of get caught with your pants down here where you're not doing any prep just because, you know, you're mad there's a lockout going on and all of a sudden, you know, it's time to go. But you still got a little time. I, I would think, you know, first, second week in March would be kind of my over under where they finally, you know what, it, it starts to get towards a deadline where, you know what, you need to get something done. That's usually when things do get done. So maybe end of March, you know, end of February, first, second week of March, something like that. I don't know that we're going to get opening day on time, but I do think, you know, we'll have most of the season. Maybe they miss 15, 20 games, which again, I want all 162, but not sure that's going to happen. Uh, look, uh, and it kind of, if it is 140 or 146 as opposed to 162, that changes the way we got to look at it, too. You have some teams who uh, we know will collapse down the stretch. A 16 game difference could mean the difference of them being in the playoffs and them not being there, Will. Yeah, and if you if it gets really bad and you get like a 60, 80 game season, you got to really start to look at some of these long shots because hell, it's baseball. Anybody can get hot for you know 60, 70 games. We saw the Marlins make the playoffs a couple years ago in the short season. So uh, again, it really opens things up. You could take some long shots odds in terms of Cy Young. I, I had Jason Weingarten on uh, the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he's like, look, if it's a shortened season, Noah Syndergaard at whatever he is, 100 to one to win the Cy Young, maybe he's worth a shot because he's not going to pitch a lot of innings, but a, a shortened season kind of opens things up. I can't even tell you how upset no. that would make me if that ended up happening if Thor won a Cy Young somewhere other than New York. Will Hill, everyone, the host of the New York City Cast at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Will, thanks as always for joining us. All right, Jeff, be good, guys. Appreciate you. You got it, Will. We're going back to the NBA next on a numbers game. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000. And your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selections, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VSIN1000, that's V-S-I-N-1-0-0-0, to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility re- requirements. Rewards issued in non as non-transferable Free bets are site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. The promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Matt Neverett in my chair doing a great job holding it down as always. A big thanks to our to our crew as always. Kevin in the corner. And in Matt downstairs. Matt Hicks, that is. Uh, also, uh, Big shout out to Ann, as always, and the uh, the glue that keeps this show together, Ann Goldstone, for sure, uh, downstairs as well. Uh, I want to move back to the NBA here, and it's a little more NBA-centric than we usually go in the program, but we have to bring up what DeRozan has done in Chicago. First off, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, the Chicago Bulls, who have been without Zach Levine for the better portion of two weeks now, who have been out without Lonzo Ball for almost a month without Alex Caruso since that just ferocious foul that he took from Grayson Allen, the Bulls are in first place in the Eastern Conference, number one in the East. They've won five in a row. And look, I thought there was an avenue, and JVT said this to us, few weeks ago, and I actually agreed with him because their schedule is very difficult, that there was a scenario where Chicago could fall all the way into the play-in scenario. And that has not happened. And it's in part because of DeMar DeRozan. We talked with our guy Danny Burke, who, of course, hosts Rush Hour on the network earlier in the week about this. Here's the last seven games from DeMar DeRozan. He's done something that's never happened before in league history. DeMar DeRozan, last seven games, 38 points, 59% 59% in the first game. 40.67% field. These are field goal percentages in the second game. 38 on 50% shooting. 35 on 64% shooting. 36 on 68. 38 on 59 and 45 on 60% for DeMar DeRozan in their win last night. Or excuse me, he had the 38. He had the 45 to begin the streak. The 38 last night. The 38 on 59 in a win over Sacramento. And this begs the question here. In an MVP race that, by the way, Steph Curry just nosediving completely in these odds, all the way down to plus 850 this morning about MGM. Jokic and Embiid and, and Giannis at the top of the board. Embiid, your favorite right now at uh, plus 150. Jokic plus 350. Giannis at plus 375. DeRozan's all the way up from 60 to 1 to 22 to 1 over the last week. So I ask you this, what is the scenario where DeMar DeRozan steals the MVP? 
because the Bulls right now, look, the Nikola Vucevic is a is a very good big guy. Kobe White is playing above his head right now, at least to me. Dasumu has been great for a second round draft pick. Who, by the way, let's face it, if you watch Dasumu at, at at Illinois, you kind of played yourself that he fell fell to the second round NBA. I know he was older than most draft prospects, but the guy was great in college. It's not overly shocking that he is as good as he's been. It just that he fell to the second round. Like the starting lineup, the Javante Green was the final guy in the starting five. Like I know who Javante Green is. Does the casual NBA fan even know who that person is? No way. But with the amount of injuries that the Bulls have taken, where you have three key cogs out right now, and you don't know when you're getting any of them back. Give you a sense that Caruso may be able to start dribbling in a week. Still don't know Levine Ball's still got some time out as well. We have to start considering DeRozan as an MVP, as a legit MVP candidate now. Now, here's the deal. Shop around because there's still some 40 to 1 out there. It's limited. It is limited to the amount of the 40 to 1 that's out there. But once you start considering the paths here, and we'll go from the top down. At this moment, I do think Nikola Jokic is the MVP over Embiid. I understand why Embiid is the favorite. But are we certain that Harden and Embiid are going to mesh correctly right away? I think that's a pretty lofty assumption if you're assuming that. Two ball-dominant guys. Embiid, obviously, the last month has been the best player in the world. There's no arguing that. But there is a path where the Sixers are not as good as you think the last month plus of the year. And Embiid's numbers fall off a little bit. The argument against Jokic is simple. It's voter fatigue. Now, is that a fair argument against him? No, not at all. Jokic is on pace for the best PER in league history, shattering anything from LeBron James. I would have Jokic as the MVP right now because the Nuggets, let's face it, without Michael Porter Jr., without a single game from Jamal Murray this year, the Denver Nuggets roster is pretty average. And the Denver Nuggets are eight games over 500 and are currently out of the playing mix, and they are the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Jokic won the award last year. I know Giannis went back-to-back. I know Curry's gone back-to-back as well. But playing in Denver, in a uh, in, again, Denver, I view as a bigger market, but from NBA perspective, kind of gets forgotten. And again, Jokic... It's still amazing that a guy that size can do what he does. What a player he is. He would be my MVP right now because of the PER and the way that, again, that team is not any good around him with no Murray and no Porter Jr. Giannis, look, the the the, the, the path for Giannis to win, I think he's properly uh, priced right now at a little shy of 4-1. to one. If there is 4-1 to one up to plus 450, that's probably right on Giannis. Milwaukee hasn't had that Milwaukee run yet this year that we've come accustomed to them having where they just flash off 10 out of 11. Now it's going to be harder to do that. They already played 59 games this year, but Giannis, 
I think it would be a little bit harder for Giannis to win the award with the way that the two big guys have been in front of him. Curry, I think, is out at this point. And I think John Morant is probably out because I don't see John Morant, even though I think it's a little unfair that he's being considered the MIP, the most improved player, because John Morant was already really good. Like, there's only so much you can improve from borderline all-star to now all-star. I, I think it's a little unfair that he's being viewed more as this most improved player than the most valuable player for Ja. But then that leaves DeMar DeRozan, the best player on the potential number one seed in the East, on a roster that has been decimated by injuries all year long, on a streak that the only other player who's ever done it for six games, what DeRozan has done of averaging 35 points on over 50% shooting in six straight games was Will Chamberlain, who broke the box score every time he went out there. DeRozan now has done it for seven straight. First time in league history that's happened. I think he's worth the consideration. Now, again, look for the right number. You can still get north of 30 to 1 MGM. I think it's properly adjusted to 22 to 1. I think that number's about right for what it should be. You could also wait a week, too. Maybe you get one big game out of Jokic, Embiid, or Giannis, and that number pops back up. But if the Bulls get the one seed, DeMar DeRozan has an argument as good as anyone to win the NBA's MVP at this point. As crazy as that is. So let me, let me let me pose this to you, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. That circumstance that you laid out, Embiid's numbers dip slightly with the James Harden acquisition. We'll say the Nuggets finish around where they are right now. Finishes five or six the six, seed. yeah. If the Bulls get the one seed with DeMar DeRozan playing how he has, where do you set those MVP odds with Jokic and DeRozan? Oh, boy. See, now you're putting me on the spot. I may have to flip this over to the next side. I would still probably make Jokic a slight favorite. I would say not quite 50-50. I, I 100% agree Sli- on that. Slight favorite over over uh, over DeRozan. Uh, it, it, it is it, look. This is a hard. This this market is a lot more wide open than it usually is. We buy about this time 60 some odd games, or excuse me, 50 some odd games because of a shortened season last year. Kind of had an idea that Jokic was going to win this award. It's a little more wide open and a lot and a lot more moving parts than usual for the NBA's MVP award. When we come back, John Jansen, get his thoughts. That's next on The Numbers Game. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 